Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Back Lounge Podcast. My name is Tank. I'm your host, and I'm a roadie with over 15 years of experience in the touring music industry. And if you're new to the podcast, this is your first time here. What we normally do is invite on artists, band members, other roadies, and at this point, really anybody else. And we just have conversations about whatever we want to, man. And for today's episode, episode 19, we have another very special guest, Villa Freeman from the Finnish Mellow Death Band Insomnium. I have been looking forward to this one for a while, man. He's a super, super cool guy. And, you know, I know a lot of their fans know this, but there might be some people listening that don't. It's very interesting because he is not only in Insomnium, but he's also a doctor. He has a PhD. He studies evolutionary biology, microbiology, and actually is a lecturer at the University of York in the UK. So getting to talk to him about how he balances that and the band was really, really interesting. But before we get into that, it has been quite a week or two for the music industry, man. I think everybody's aware of what's going on with the whole Live Nation and Ticketmaster fiasco, which started by Taylor Swift calling out Ticketmaster for having their system melt down when people were trying to get tickets for her show. But it's caused another investigation into Live Nation for bad business practices and being a monopoly. And, you know, a lot of people have been talking about it. And on my Twitch and YouTube, uh, we talked about it a lot. Uh, we have a couple videos on YouTube now where we talked about the situation that's happened and how there are some artists defending it. There are some artists talking out about it. And then we have another recent video where I actually dove into all of the subsidiaries that Live Nation actually owns around the world. I mean, a lot of people just think of Live Nation and Ticketmaster, but they own over 300 other subsidiaries around the world. Their grip goes way further than just music promotion in North America. And it's wild, man. And I'm really curious to see where this actually all goes. Personally, as of right now, I don't think anything's going to happen. I mean, they've been operating like this as Live Nation Entertainment with Ticketmaster and all these other companies for over 10 years and nothing's happened yet. So I don't really know what's going to happen. But before we get into the actual conversation part of this episode, just as a normal reminder to anybody listening and watching, all of the video versions available are on YouTube. So if you actually want to see myself and our guests have conversations, you can go to youtube.com slash tank the tech. But if you prefer just listening, which a lot of people do, whether you're at the gym or in your car, uh, these are available on Spotify, Apple, Google, and pretty much anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts. So just search for the Back Lounge podcast on your favorite you know, streaming services and it should be there. But if you are watching on YouTube, all the links to everything is in the description of this video, as well as some links to some other things, including Insomnium's social medias and information about their new album. But let's just get into this one, man. All right, well, let's kick it off here. Episode 19 of the Back Lounge podcast. We have a very special guest today from Insomnium, Villa Freeman. How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for inviting me for, for this nice interview. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm very, very excited to have you here because I, if I'm not mistaken, I think you're the first Finn on the podcast too. Oh, that that's an honor, man. Yeah, we've we've had quite a few Swedes and everybody kept asking when we were gonna have Finn. So here we are. Cool. But man, 
I'm I'm very surprised that I uh, I was able to get you on here when I was talking to the PR people because I know you're just in insanely busy. Like, what 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 have you been up to with your schedule? Just with the music and the university and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I guess like everybody's busy in on in their own way. Like I know like Marcus is busy with multiple bands and and play, playing in Omnium Catherine. Um, and our drummer is also like working day job. So, you know, and, and then, then doing quite a lot of touring. I'm working day job in the university, but then, you know, I have my, my evenings off and, and so on. And I'm, I'm doing less, less touring. I did few tours and few, few shows on the last European tour. We moved spell after a while. And it was kind of good fun. But of course, like it's been like past few years, been like pandemic ridden. So there haven't been that much activity, but like yeah, I'm I'm, I'm keeping busy all the time with research at the university, and then I'm actually now in the middle of moving back to Finland as well. So kind of like try to tackle things, tackle things here in the UK, then kind of preparing things in Finland, and then try to kind of make the move work, and then all the sort of logistic things involved around that. It, it, it has been. It has kept me really busy for for the last few months, but I can see the light at the end of the tunnel now. So so it's looking good. That's what I was going to ask. Are you, so are you in the UK right now, preparing to move back? Yeah, so I'm still in the UK. So I'm, I've been working here in the University of York, and I'm, yeah, and I got a position in University of Helsinki, and I'm going to just move back back to Finland, and I'll be a professor in microbiology. So. So it's kind of like scaling up a bit of the career and, 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 you know, it's nice to get back, back, back to Finland as well after, after a few years. So mm-hmm. I'm just kind of, I'm in, in a process of moving back from, uh, after Christmas, I think. Okay. Yeah. My wife and I just moved, like we've been in this house for like two months. So I, I, I totally understand the frustration of moving in, but we only moved 45 minutes away. I mean, you're moving, yeah. you know, countries, so that's it's you know man i you know knowing your your background with everything obviously the the band and stuff like that but then i have i've actually watched some of your um some videos of you online uh from the university doing like lectures and stuff like that and i just i find it so fascinating that you've been able to balance the career of working with the university and doing this because i i know a lot of bands that like if a band member has gotten busy with something else they're like hey we're going to need to get somebody else full time to come in here and you can't be in the band anymore, but you guys have balanced this perfectly. It seems like. Yeah. I mean, like it has like challenges and maybe the kind of few years when, when like things were a bit in the air, like I was getting really busy at work. I was still like doing tours, like say like 2007 and then, and then they also kind of demand with the band increase at the same time. So I think that was the kind of like the, the trickiest time and we had few step in guitar players at that time but then it was like you know it wasn't it wasn't okay for anyone to be in in this sort of situation and then i kind of like decided to kind of step down with with touring so so it, it's just yeah touring is, is hard work mm-hmm. i have to be on road for the most of the year and an insomnia is doing quite a lot of touring now and and you know you, you just couldn't make it work and it's like kind of like preserve my own own sort of like mental health as well you can't yeah. be in two places at the same time so 
So then we got a Yanni, Yanni as a as a new member to play guitar. And I've been kind of like sitting more in the sidelines, still kind of interacting, working on music, we're still rehearsing and doing stuff. So kind of having a bit different role, but like still contributing musically and and, and so on. And then yeah, I, I guess like I it kind of works in, in in its own way and in some respect like i mentioned i was like playing few shows on 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 european tour just recently because of like scheduling things marcus was playing also tour with omnium catherine and some of the tour dates were overlapping so i stepped in and we played with the only few shows and marcus went to do og tour so so these sort of things we have a bit of bit of, bit of flexibility and we played also shows with three guitars and, and I guess that that's going to be a bit easier now when I'm kind of close to the other guys as well. It's easy to rehearse and prepare for shows. So you're, you're not like miles away and I always have to spend one day just traveling and flying back. Yeah, yeah. It seems a while to me out of uh, more so than any other country in the world. It seems like all you musicians in Finland never just do one thing. It's like everybody is in so many other bands and so many other things and it's kind of cool hearing that because I've always wondered, I was like, what happens if all these tours overlap? And then I've yeah. had other friends that were like, well, that's why you see, you know, Omnium Gatherum touring with Insomnium a lot is because they can just pull double <laughs> duty and stuff. And it makes yeah. sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's hard for the guys to play two shows per night. Uh, I can, I can just try to imagine, especially if you're playing like headliner show with one of the bands and then you, yeah. you're playing longer sets and stuff so it's going to be straining for you to do that for a month um but yeah i guess like one one reason is like if you want to you know leave out of the music quite quite often like you you know maybe the one band is not enough money to yeah. bring enough enough money or income also like if you're, if you're playing in one band you probably have lots of downtime as well so 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 you have time to work on two bands as well and then if you can kind of reschedule that the albums are released at different times. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of juggling for sure, but I guess, I guess it's kind of doable. Yeah. I know some guys that tour in the U S uh, in bands that whenever they get that, um, you know, that downtime from touring and stuff like that, they wind up going out and teching for other bands yeah, just to yeah. fill that time, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I can kind of totally see that. Like if you, if you are really into sort of music you kind of like that road life some mm -hmm. degree you kind of like always want to go back to home and have that kind of downtime but like you know after a few weeks you know you feel like you you need to get out there as well you get used to that so so yep. you know that was also one reason why why it was really hard like the pandemics for lots of these touring artists because you you were kind of like denied of of doing what mm -hmm. your sort of essence in in sense so so i think like marcus Hall definitely is like he loves playing live he loves everything around the music so it's, it's really something that is in in his sort of um blood to say so so he, he really enjoys being being on tour and and, and you know lots, lots of people do yeah yeah i mean i totally relate to what you just said i mean you know there were times where um, you know, my wife would even know, like I would get home from a tour that went for a couple months or something. And I'd be really excited to be home. And after that second or third week, I'd start getting that itch again to be like, I need to yeah. go back out on tour. And then at the same time, my wife, after two or three weeks would be like, when are you going back out on tour? 
you know. So, so but that's you know those th- those yeah. breaks are nice. But um, at, on a personal level, for you, do you do you miss touring full time? Like, do you wish you were out there more, or do you like the fact that you don't have to all the time? Yeah, I guess like. In sense, like I, I do love touring. I like playing live. I, I don't have anything against that. And and, and you know, it, it is super fun. And then it has it, it is its own sort of adventure. Uh, you embark and and, and it, it is good fun. But it, it is sort of like you you can really really hard to combine that with other stuff. Even though the kind of maybe like paradoxically, even though you have so much time, just like you spend up just waiting, doing doing nothing. You kind of get, you know, just used to not doing anything, and and, and you know, you might be having a bit of hangover, or you know, you you know, you just get this state of of, you know, being a bit lazy, and and it's kind of hard to combine that with everything. So, so I kind of I, I like that, but at the same time, I kind of feel like, you know, I like do other stuff as well, and and in one respect. I feel like I've, I've toured quite a lot. So I feel like I've, I've kind of seen that in a sense, like I, I like it, but it's not going to perhaps change massively, like how we do things. And then, mm-hmm. and then you know, it's, it's it's nice to do other things as well. And then you kind of like you, I do like, I like my comfort as well. Like you, you appreciate warm shower and then these sort of basic things like toilet seat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah man. I mean, it, it it's funny because I I do love touring and I, I personally miss it. I, I haven't toured since uh, our daughter was born almost two years ago. I decided yeah. I was yeah. going to take some time at home because, yeah. you know, I've I've been touring for 15 years and I was like, I, I'm I'm going to see my daughter grow up. Yeah. And I was supposed to do a tour uh, last month that, that wound up getting canceled. But, um, you know, I have realized after a, a little while, like what you just said, after you've been touring for so long, you, you kind of see it all. Like I have so many friends that ask me, they're like, Oh, like on this tour, I see you're going to this place. You're going to go out and do stuff. And I was like, you know, there are certain places that I've been to so many times now that on a day off on tour, sometimes just sitting in the bus or the hotel seems a lot more comfortable than going out and doing things all day, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, like you, you kind of miss that sort of downtime time to kind of like be on your own as well on tour. Mm-hmm. Like it's like super social. Like you, you always with a group of people, and and there's no really escape. Yeah, um, that so so you know I kind of miss that time on 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 your own, do things on your own. I, I kind of I kind of need that as well. Even though though I'm kind of like happy to be socially interacting all the time as well. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny the question like. Oh, you've been traveling. You probably saw all this stuff, and then you know you end up like just sitting in the same backstage for yeah. I don't know how many gigs, and then you your the schedules are like you might have interviews. You have to be there for sound check. You maybe have like one or two hours in between, and then it's like it's just too much trouble, man. I'm, I'm gonna just sit here. I remember the first time I ever did a tour in Australia. It was five shows in six days and Australia is like a lot of flying and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So when I was telling my friends that I got to go to like Sydney and Perth and Melbourne and Brisbane and stuff, they're like, man, that had to have been so cool. I'm like I saw the inside of a venue all day. I didn't see <laughs> anything else. Like, yeah. 
And that's what it is in a lot of places that we go to. I mean, last time I was in the UK, same thing. We had one day off on the trip that we took out there and it was like, no, we don't. A lot of the times, especially, you know, I think a lot of people look at, um, like crew people for bands, like we're the ones that are, they're working while the band gets to do whatever they want. But people sometimes forget that the band also has a lot of stuff that their PR and their management has booked for them in terms of, you know, interviews and, and backstage stuff and stuff like that. So, you know, there are a lot of times where nobody on that tour really gets to go out and enjoy anything around the venue. Yeah. Yeah. Most you probably see it's like, yeah, I mean like US day offs normally you have like, lovely day out somewhere in the middle of arizona when you kind of try to make the kind of trip which is like too long you have to have a break yeah and you're kind of spending in like roadside motel if you're if you're lucky you you get to go to wendy's for for dinner and then that's it and then, yeah. you know it's kind of like romanticized romanticized a lot like what do you do on tour and then yeah you just like Sometimes you're you're kind of lucky that you have a bus called a tree and and, and you you there might be a bar just next next yeah. up the venue and you can you can actually go outside for a drink which is sort of how weird it sounds but it's actually so much nice to do that compared to just like hanging out in the backstage for six hours and yeah. then after the show still hanging out there it's kind of nice to go out of like real world yeah but like it depends like where you're playing how the venues are located like if there's anything nice nearby kind of easy access or if you're just like middle of nowhere yeah. I mean, I've had so many tours were on a day off in the, when we're touring in North America, like, you know, you start getting out West and there are those long drives where if you don't yeah. have a co-driver or anything like that, yeah. you just have to stop where you can stop. And I can't tell you yeah. how many days off I've had where we have just found a Walmart in the middle of nowhere off of an interstate. And we're yeah. like, well, this is where our day off is in the middle of <laughs> New Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean like Walmart becomes familiar on you yeah story. that's where you stock all your stuff to your boss and then you know that's like oasis in the middle of nowhere yeah and, yeah uh, that was like um uh orbit culture the swedes when they were over here uh they did a show in um knoxville tennessee which is like three yeah. hours for me and i yeah. i went out because I've, I've loved their band for a while and I got to know them online. So I was like, I'm going to drive out there and I'm going to yeah. go see the show. And, uh, it was so funny because uh, like all their days off and stuff like that, I was like, what do you guys been doing? They're just like, we just find a Walmart and we just park. So when they, when they came through my area out here in Nashville, they had a day off and I was like, why don't you guys just come over to my house? Like yeah. do laundry, I'll cook for you, whatever yeah. you want to do. But it was funny because when they got into town, they're like, okay, we're going to have to find a Walmart to go park our bus and then we'll come over after that. So it's like <laughs> every day off, it's just like, where's the nearest Walmart? And they're cool yeah. with it, you know, because that's yeah, what it yeah. is sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean, like, it, it is what it is. And, and you know, it, it's nice to be like, there's toilet, there's food, there's like mm-hmm. stuff. And, and, you know, that's all you need in a way. And, and yeah. you know, you, you, at least you have internet and, and you can do stuff. And, and if you have a bus, that's that's cool you know we, we did like one van tour in in the us as well when we were younger and then you know that's that's a tough sport like lots of these us bands like they start on and they're just driving the van themselves and then mm-hmm. that sort of going to being the opener on, on a bigger lineup and then try to kind of kind of make make the band be more known and be bigger and then kind of demands like huge amount like work ethic just to 
do that and then like devotion on on, on music so it's just really I, I have so much respect for all these bands who are willing to do that dude I agree and I've I've joked with other people that before anybody in the music industry whether it's a band or a crew or anybody I always joke that like before anybody gets on a bus tour they should have to do a year in a van and trailer just to just to experience that yeah. So they appreciate the bus because before I became a tech and was working for bands, I was in a band and it was, we had no crew. It was just the five of us and we had a van and trailer and we drove all over North America. I mean, you know, I how, can't tell you how many nights we have, you know, slept in the van or yeah, if we, yeah. if we do have the money to get a hotel room, we just get a single room with one bed and then we all draw yeah. straws and four of us sleep on the floor and you know, yeah. yeah. So doing all that, the first time I ever did start working for bands and I got on a bus tour for the first time, I was like, I had to look like a kid, a little kid. I walked on yeah. the bus and was just like, what? This is amazing. Like, yeah. so it makes you appreciate that uh, like yeah, a definitely. ton, a ton more yeah. because yeah. Yeah. I have seen bands in the U S that, you know, when every now and then this doesn't happen much, but every now and then when a band first comes out, they might drop a single that gets so big that they're, they're, you know, really big right out of the gates. They get a bust right away. And then I've seen those bands start declining in their careers and financially they have to move to a sprinter or a van and trailer and they can't handle it because they've never done it before. Their whole careers they've lived in a bus and then all of a sudden they don't have the bus and they're like, this sucks. And I was like, yeah, you can't go back. It's yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> mentally it's going to like destroy you properly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, aside from the music and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I think it's fascinating. And for anybody listening to the podcast that doesn't know you, um, I kind of wanted to talk about um, what you do with the university because um, I, I find it really cool, especially because when I went to university, I also majored in biology as well. Yeah. Um, but how how long have you been doing your studies? And I know you're currently at uh, university, university of York, um, yeah. or is it York University? I don't know. Yeah, it's University of York, and yeah. in Canada you have York University. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so so how I know you've been there for a bit, but how long have you also been doing this while you've been balancing the music? Yeah, well, I mean, like pretty much like since 2010. That's when I went to university as an undergrad. And that was like when we just released our first demo one year before, and we we just had had been in the studio to record the second demo or something like that. And, and then I started and I went to university in Finland and I did my sort of undergraduate degree there. Also did did degree in in teaching. So I kind of kind of like because I wasn't sure like where this is all gonna lead to. So I was thinking like, okay, well. At least I have a sort of like job when I graduated and I just like like being being a teacher in Finland and that would be like between 16 and 18 years old, you would be teaching them biology and geography. This is uh, literally yeah, like, the same thing I went to university for. Literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so I did that like and I was kind of one motivation was like, okay, you get a really nice, like nice salary. Um, you know, after a few years, it's not gonna be too difficult because it's the same shit anyway. And then you get a nice two and a half months summer holiday. So it's kind of perfect. And then, but then I kind of like got into like doing my master's research project on, on microbiology and sort of experimental evolution. And I, I really got interested in that. And then it just happened that there was an opportunity to do a PhD as well. So the funding was there. And then it's like, okay, well, 
I mean, like I can I can always go back to teaching after three years. So I'll, I'll just do the PhD. That would be interesting, and, and and you know, you know, you don't have to grow up, and and, and you know, yeah. it was kind of more relaxed in that sense. So I did that, and then 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 ended up thinking like we had a like my wife we had a flat we have kind of bought the flat everything was like okay you could kind of just like easily settle down in Finland and then I was kind of thinking like hmm but actually you could maybe go abroad for a while as well like it would be kind of interesting it'd be cool to live abroad as well like yeah. what, what the hell not and then, then I got funding to go to UK for two years and it's the same lab where where my sort of external examiner from for my PhD was from so I knew the guy he was he was really good and then 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 I got the funding to do two years there and then that kind of turned into 12 years in the UK so so like really like one thing led to another and um, I ended up doing like a few fellowships there in different universities I started in Oxford I was working in Exeter and then I was working in London in Imperial College and then at that at that point it was like over four years I felt like um I could actually just like start applying jobs and then I've got one in York and I've been quite happy here for the past seven years. Um, and I'm now, now moving back to Finland as well after after 12 years. 12 years UK. It's been lovely, but I think it's I time to go. I didn't realize you'd been living there for 12 years. 12 years, man. Yeah. Wow. Long time. So going back to Finland, I mean, I'm sure it's going to feel like home, but it's, it's you know, it's, it's going to be a change. It's going to be a big change. And, you know, I would be lying if I would say that, you know, I, I wouldn't be sort of a bit scared and I like, you know, kind of being like anxious about like how I'm going to be, you know, adapting. And I'm like, you know, the, the things I will miss in the UK for sure. But then again, like every time I go to Finland, it feels like home as well. So it's so much easier to go back to something where you originate from. In contrast, if I would be moving completely different country and, and then kind of try to kind of understand everything, how everything works again. And and, and, and that would be much more sort of stressful in that sense. So, so I mean, like like in the UK, it's, it's been really good, but like not not like politically and, and, you know, things are a bit shit in here due to Brexit and lots of other things. So so in, in that sense, it's, it's quite good time to go and, and, and move back and. And it's a new new job. It's, it's really sort of exciting and, and and a good challenge. So so, I mean, like I've, I I feel it's good choice and right choice at this time of life. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, that's I, I that's surprising. I just didn't realize that you've been balancing this and the band living there for twelve years. I mean, I knew you'd been there for quite a handful, but not that long. I mean, that's yeah. The majority of Insomnium's career, you've been living in a different country from your bandmates. Then. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I mean, like we've been traveling quite a lot, and and and, and I would say like like maybe like the last tours I was doing like 2018, so I haven't been like actively touring and I'm doing that for five years almost. So, of course, two of those years it's just like pandemic when nothing really happens mm -hmm. anyway. But 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 yeah, it, it, it's been a long time, and and you know it doesn't feel like 12 years. Uh, I can tell you that. Times yeah, yeah. Wise when when you get older so yeah. yeah so so working um so you know working at the university and doing stuff in the uk like you said you get your evenings off and stuff like that 
What do you what do you enjoy to do? What do you enjoy doing uh, once you're done with work? Let's say you got some time off. Is there anything that you have any hobbies or anything you really enjoy going out and doing in the UK? Yeah, well, I mean, like UK is pretty good for alcohol. Like you have nice pops in here, good social <laughs> yep. activity, good beer. Uh, I, I definitely enjoy my beer. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of like social activities um, we do with the lab and, and with with the work 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 colleagues. Uh, we I do go for gigs as well in the UK as well. Also like smaller things and that sort of thing. Uh, York is not that good for gigs, but like Leeds is close by. Mm-hmm. And then I've been kind of traveling quite a lot as well when you have been more time and then just like seeing seeing things. Um, I read quite a lot, just just like all sort of stuff, watch movies, also like quite like basic hobbies, I would say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I, I do work quite a lot as well. Like I'm, I'm kind of a bit of workaholic in, in that sense yeah. as well. Like, and I work because I just kind of enjoy it. I, I learn. I, I love learning new stuff and, and, you know, publishing scientific papers and finding cool stuff. So that's also kind of I do that too much on my spare time as well. But like, yeah. Uh, but that's like it's just like one passion as well so, so yeah. you don't even see it as a work in that sense nice well uh speaking of reading so i i haven't finished it yet but i just got uh because i got it i think two nights ago i'm about halfway through the actual short story of uh anno 1696 yeah and i just I, nilo's writing is so cool man like i i'm like and it's fascinating to me because um for anybody listening, we're talking the the new album that's going to be coming out in February. The new yeah. Insomnium album is called uh, Anno 1696, based on one of Nilo's short stories. And it's funny reading it because the whole thing is is based on the true events of the you know the witch hunts and stuff in Sweden. Yeah. And it it's kind of crazy to read that because it's like it seems so fictional. Mm. But it's like, this is stuff that actually happened in history. Like, not even just there. Like, we had the the witch hunts and the witch trials in the States, too, that are very well known. And like, so going going off of this premise, and I mean, you guys aren't new to doing albums based off stories and stuff, but um, this just seems like such a cool thing to touch on. And what I was really wondering with, with a story like this, when you're writing music for the album or... Nilo is writing the story. What comes first? Are you guys trying to write music that fits his story or is he basically getting music and then trying to write a story based off of the feel of what you guys have written? Yeah. yeah. I think like in this case, maybe the prose is like both sides are sort of overlapping. I, I, I remember like we had some music ready. Then we had the idea of story. Then when, then, then, I think then then the story became alive, and so like the first versions were drafted, and then then we kind of brought more music, and I think Nilo then kind of listened to the songs and then kind of tried to figure out like um, what sort of parts would kind of fit with this with the sort of specific feeling on 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 specific songs and so on, and then of course it's, it was quite challenging in that sense that you know it's. It's hard to predict, like, okay, like this case, we had more songs that we could actually fit on one album. And then we're kind of thinking, okay, which of them will be the kind of final version and what will be the kind of track order and so on. Like, you know, if you can, like, you have to kind of 
kind of dedicated the songs lyrically before you go to the studio and when you're kind of 100% sure in which order the tracks will end up. So it was kind of like, kind of like intuitive process. And then we kind of thought about like, okay, well, you know, we can go like David Lynch kind of approach as well. Like it doesn't have to be in chronological order and so on. Mm-hmm. We have the story, but like the music and, and, and then the lyrics are sort of a bit different thing in a, in a way that they can kind of take happen in different sequences and so on and then it, it still kind of conveys the story in that yeah. sense so so almost like the songs are kind of fragments of that story uh yeah. and i kind of like they might not happen necessarily chronologically all the time and so on but but this is also like i, I think kind of keeps it more interesting in that sense so it's not really you know from a to a to b sort of mm-hmm. level, you know and you can lyrics would be kind of repeating the story in, in in like the same way. Yeah, and as a music fan, like as a listener, yeah, I really like when there's substance like this and stuff. Don't get me wrong, like you know, as a metalhead, there are times where I just want something to be shreddy and heavy and like yeah. it's cool, you know. Slayer. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, but there are there are times where I I love the substance like this and stuff and that's what I I really really enjoy about your band and and some other bands that are doing this lately too because making the connection for example the last music video that just came out Lillian which I was I was honestly I think in my reaction that I did on YouTube it was like I was so happy when I saw all of you guys on there cuz I think that's the first music video in a while where everybody's yeah, been together yeah. Yeah. um but hearing that song and, you know, really listening to it over and over. And then when I got the actual short story getting to the Lillian parts, I was like, it's kind of cool to make that connection of like yeah. the emotion from the on. music. Yeah, it's it's very cool. And Lorna Shore just did that recently. I mean, a, a, a deathcore band, like yeah. they put out a concept album yeah. of this entire big story. And it was like, if you, if you listen to the music at face value, it's just brutal and heavy and cool. Yeah. But if you start getting into that stuff, it's like, there's so much artistry and time put into this. Yeah. It's like, I love that. And I, I'm really excited uh, for this album because, you know, actually I have a, I have a really wild, quick story to tell you. So, you know, working in music, as I'm sure you're aware, um, after, a certain amount of time, you kind of just get secluded to the area that you're in. So my music discovery was really bad through the 2010s because I just found myself only listening to stuff that I grew up on stuff that was like old faithful music that I was like, yeah, you know, I listened to this as a teenager. And yeah, but once I started this YouTube channel, I started really, really getting into new things from other places because the big problem, as I'm sure you're aware, is that a lot of bands from the European markets don't get the same kind of marketing over here. Yeah. I mean, there are bands that are huge in Europe that I, they come here like, like yeah. Sabaton. Great example. Like yeah. I just saw Sabaton a, a month and a half ago at like a 2000 capacity venue here in Nashville, which is pretty good for them here. Yeah. Yeah. But in Europe, they're headlining arenas. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what I was getting that uh, to with this is, I really did only discover Insomnium in like two years ago, which is crazy to me because I grew up on um, the big Gothenburg mellow death scene. And there there were bands like Children of Bodom, one of my all-time favorite bands. Yeah. So the fact that you guys eluded me for so many years was so mind-blowing to me. But I realized recently, um, I actually did know a song from you guys that, um, (coughs) excuse me, 
a lot of these metal bands I discovered when I was a kid were from friends, older brother, as it happens with yeah. a lot of people. He had this burned mellow death CD and yeah. the elder was on it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I never ever, like I remembered that song and I was always like, man, I can't remember who it was. And I recently was listening to stuff on shuffle and the elder came up and I was like, holy shit. And then I looked and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe, like I listened to that when I was in high school and never yeah. connected the dots that it was yeah, insomnium. Yeah. Like that's yeah. so wild to me that you guys have been putting out music for 20 years now. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. um, so, and this is, is this, this album for you guys is going to be nine studio album number nine. Yeah. Yeah. So, something like that. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, is, is there, is there a time where like you look back and you like forget about some of the stuff that you've put out at a certain point in time? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like you, you have to, you have to kind of really relearn some of your old songs as well. Like, what is this song? This is our song. Oh, I, I wrote this, like, especially the songs you record for the album, but you, they kind of like, maybe you play them live a few times and then they can like get buried. And then, you know, you, you might not have any idea what's going on here. And, and you kind of know what's going on, but like you have to really re-memorize and relearn things. And then, uh, yeah, and then some things you probably, you know, but what's on the album actually recorded, some of the stuff is always like, in the sort of heat of the moment, like you come up with something yeah. and then, you know, you're just playing for that once and then and, and you, you probably can kind of come, well, you can listen to it and then you can hear it, but you never kind of play that after that. So, so yeah, you, you, you do forget stuff. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was in a band and we only had like two albums, there, there'd be a show where like, you know, one of our band members would be like, Hey, somebody really wanted to hear this song tonight. And I'd be like, I've never even thought about playing that song live. We've never played it live. And they're like, well, yeah. you got a few hours to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That, but, that's, but that's it. Like, yeah, especially with the nine, nine albums, there's the quality songs. And then um, especially the older ones, you haven't been playing them for a while. So mm -hmm. you don't have any idea anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so, so you did some of the, some of the tour dates on the last, um, the last tour, but I was looking at some of the upcoming stuff and you guys have obviously announced, um, you know, some festivals and I was, I was actually yeah. just talking to one of your, one of, one of your guys' regular crew guys is a member of our discord server, uh, Yarno. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like guy, Yarno. Yeah. Yes. And, and he was, he was telling me, uh, you guys are doing, uh, 70,000 tons of metal. Yeah. Um, when you have stuff like that, that's that far out, is that, is that something you can plan around to be there or do you really not know until it gets closer? Yeah. I mean, like that, that's something I could definitely plan, plan out doing as well. I think like I've done that, like how many times, three times maybe now. So, so I, I kind of have that kind of feeling that like I've, I've done that. I know like this year, it's just like classing with the moving, moving to a different country. And, and, mm -hmm. and so I thought like, it's going to be like too much stress just for me. And it's gonna kind of overlaps, overlaps with some other work stuff as well. So, but like these are things, yeah, you can easily easily plan those out. And then, and then it, it is a great great adventure. Yeah, you end up having like massive hangover after <laughs> yeah. days on a cruise. So, so you know, like you always feel so bad when you're coming back. That, Dude, but, but it's, it's it's definitely worth it. <laughs> those cruises, man. I, for anybody that's never been on a music cru cruise, it is so hard to explain because 
Dude, it's like the environment for the music and the fans and everything. It's like yeah. 10 times more than it is. North. People are partying like crazy. And then yeah. for you guys, the artists, it's like, even if you want some peace and quiet, you can't really get it because <laughs> no, you're you all just in the same area. <laughs> no, like, no. That, that's, that's the difference. And, and, you know, like most of the time it's, it's, it's fine, but it, it, it can also like, you know, when you can decide like, okay, I, I can't drink anymore. I don't, I don't want to be part of this there's no alternative so what we actually did quite a lot like last time i remember we we're kind of sitting in the sauna section for most of the day and yeah. it was like peace and quiet everybody's just like partying on on a pool and then i'm drinking and then then it's just like go to sauna and then you know you can be at peace there wasn't that many people so that was our kind of retreat in a way but it's, it's such fun, it's such like, a finished thing too it's yeah, like you were able to get to the sauna yeah <laughs> Get as far as possible from everybody else. And then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had, um, there was a, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, I think it was, there's a country group, Florida Georgia Line. They did a big cruise uh, and it was all country uh, artists, like US modern country yeah. artists. And dude, it's, uh, I have worked for so many different genres of music and I've never seen anything like country music. They take partying to an entirely different level. Like it's, it, it's ridiculous. And I just remember like some of like the crews and some of these shows and stuff just being just so unreal. Like, I, I like, I don't know how people function and it's not just the people. It's like some of these bands, yeah. it's like, how are you able to get on stage after like you're spending yeah. 22 hours a day, just partying? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, like, We've had our moments on on those seventy thousand yeah. metal, but but you know, you get kind of like into the mood, and and then you might have few few drinks more. But like we've all, all always always kind of like done it professionally professionally enough, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean like those Long Island iced teas, the deadly, and then you know, yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun. I, yeah. I love it really. Yeah. Let's, I mean, it is the funny stereotype too, is like that the Finns are always drinking and it's like, I, 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 I watched a, a standup. There was an Icelandic comedian that did a, he did a standup at a Nordic event and he was like, he, I he's like all of us Nords, like we all stereotype each other differently. And, yeah. you know, he's like, when we meet, uh, you know, Norwegian people were like, oh, he must be rich. He must be rich. And we meet yeah. Swedes and we're like, oh, he must be we must live in or uh, work in Norway and we meet the Finns and we're like, Oh, he must be drunk. And I'm like, you know, I always thought stereotypes like that were like, just like just dumb stereotypes, but almost every Finn I've met at this point is like, I mean, you got to think in some of the winter months when it gets cold and it gets depressing and stuff, it's like, there's really nothing to do, but drink. And I'm just like, yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like it kind of breaks the ice nicely like you know people from us you can be kind of social and then you find with that like without having a drink uh things as well to some extent but you know people get more talkative and, and, and sort of For they sure. get out of their shell a bit when they had one beer or two and, yeah. and once you get to that zone it's kind of hard to quit <laughs> so people end up like you know like it's the same same in the uk as well like people might they're not like necessarily always so talkative but like pop is is an environment where everybody's more socially socially mm -hmm. active and, and and you know you just need to order that drink to the table and i need they can switch on already to that social mode 
Finnish, Finns need that kind of two pints and, and then they're going to switch on. Yeah. Um, and, and in here, natives, they'll drink that two pints and they go home. Uh, Finns, when they had that two pints, they want more. <laughs> yeah. And that yeah. Really gets, gets out of hand easily. Oh, I understand. I mean, I like we, you know, I've talked about this on my channel, but like I, I had to stop drinking. Like I don't even drink anymore and it doesn't bother me. Like I yeah, still, yeah. I, if we're on tour, I'll go to pubs with the crew and just hang out. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I just don't drink, but it's, it's so, it's such a social thing for everybody. I mean, nice. everything we, one of the hardest things for me when I decided to stop drinking was every time I went to a hockey game, I would find myself being like, what? I mean, all I did at a hockey game was drink. Like, what am <laughs> I going to do right now? <laughs> like, you know, cause yeah, yeah. It, is, it is, there's so many, there's so many certain things. Um, once you start doing something so much, it becomes so normal. Like for example, yeah. my, my big bad habit that I have is snooze. Yeah, and yeah. I've tried to quit so many times and I realize that it's almost a habit that you've tied to things that you do. So yeah. I find myself like when I sit down to do certain things or like when I'm working on, I, even at home, if I'm working on guitars for somebody, I yeah. find myself immediately like having that Need urge that. to have a snooze yeah. because that's what I was doing on the road is every time I was working on a guitar, yeah. I had one in and it's just, it's, it's hard to get rid of that habit, you know? Yeah. 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 Completely understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you can go like weaker versions, less nicotine, but then it doesn't yeah. give that <laughs> it, It's not the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, well, but, I, feel like, I feel like we all have our vices, so. Yeah. Snooze yep. is probably not the worst one. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the best. Smoking alcohol is probably better, uh, worse, I would say. Yeah, I mean, we like you said, we all have our vices, man. I mean, for me, it's like nicotine and caffeine. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. I like, yeah. I... I have be I told people this and I really mean it. Uh, trying to quit doing snooze or nicotine like at all is way harder than it was for me to stop drinking beer. Way yeah. harder. Yeah. Like, because just that, that chemical addiction. Yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 It, it, it is. It is true. It's, it's chemical addiction. Yeah. 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 So, but man, um, God, there was some other stuff that I was reading that you have coming up too. Aside from the album, I know there was, uh, I think, uh, what, uh, Grass Pop was announced as well. Um, yeah, quite a, quite a few summer festivals. So so I, I guess the kind of like kind of general idea is to try to do as much as possible when the new album is out yeah. and kind of promote that. And, 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 you know, we had a few festivals last summer, but it was still like kind of in the middle of cycle and then, you know, people coming out from COVID and um, we still had like, you know, restrictions and, and stuff yeah. like that. And then I think like it was probably the first festival when everybody got COVID <laughs> into like, just like, you know, it just happened. Um, and did so you, like did, trying did, to did do you, as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you all catch COVID when you started doing shows again or did the band? I don't know if you were with them at the time. Yeah, like, like quite a few of band members got COVID. I think it was on the gig in June. Uh, I got mine uh, early, early August. And, and, you know, everybody probably got it now, at least like this sort of Omicron era, despite yeah. the vaccine. And now I've been good for the past three, four months. So, so getting normal flus, of course, but then not, not COVID. So, so we'll see what happens. It, it probably is going to be something like six month occasion with most of the people. So, 
Yeah. That's, that's about like how long the immunity seems to be lasting. Is it, is it still, cause I mean, obviously it's different in every part of the world, but are, are there still a lot of restrictions and stuff where you are? Is it still something that people are really thinking about a lot or no? No. So, so I mean, like UK was one of the first countries in sort of like European area where they kind of like just kind of call like shit, we, we don't care anymore. And then everything was kind of pretty much open last, last summer, early last summer, um, at like a year ago. Uh, and then, and then I, there's not much restrictions. Like everybody have got their three vaccines now. Um, some vulnerables are getting the fourth ones. Um, I, I think it's hard. Like if you're immunocompromised, then it's mm-hmm. then it gets difficult. Like no one wears masks anymore or yeah. anything. So, so, so you know, people kind of just like they most of them have it, and then they kind of just accept that this is it. It's not nice to be ill, but like you know, you know. You know, if there's only so much you can take these sort of restrictions as well. Like, like yeah. you, like you see what's happening in China now as well. Like people are kind of like, kind of clearly having enough. And, and I have quite a few Chinese friends, and, and they've been kind of complaining about that as well. Like they've been promised for so long that you know this will pass, and really hasn't. So people are getting frustrated. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like we're gonna be just spending with most of our life probably. I don't know. There's ever, ever going to be like full on vaccine? I mean, like this probably at some point, but it's hard to kind of just immunize, kind of build a vaccine where, where we could get in high enough like immune reaction for these type of viruses. So, so we'll see what happens. But like you, you know, science has always kind of surprised us. So, so maybe yeah. they'll come up with something in the future. Yeah, I mean, there does there does come a point where. Also, like you said, you just, you just need to accept it as part of life and just live. Cause like, I'll be fully honest when, when all this first happened and we got sent home from tour, we were very, um, protective and, you know, everything shut down and stuff. And when my wife and I found out that she was pregnant, we were very aware of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember going to a show in late 2021, I think it was December where like you had to have a vaccination card to get in. And then fast forward three months later, like, it's like mask mandates are gone. Nobody cares about your COVID cards anymore. Yeah, I yeah. think, I think everybody has just got to the point where they're like, this is, this is life. This is, yeah. this is, this is nature. This is life. We can't control yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, deal yeah. with it as it happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's a big deal. Like having those vaccines, they will kind of build up that sort of immunity. So, so you don't get it as bad. So, so it kind of comes like kind of severe form of flu varies from person to person and then some get like long COVID. So, so that's, that's sort of like, um, that's, that's a nasty one. If you get that and then you kind of like kind of cause almost like a disability. Um, and I, I feel for like people who are like, if you, if you go through the cancer treatment or whatever, when you, when you kind of like, or you have like donated organs, when you have like poor immunity, yeah. then, then you might be screwed. And um, it's it's hard for those families because they want to be protective of your family members and, and they can move freely, uh, but like the society has kind of moved moved on around them. So I kind of em- empathize that, but like you know, it, it is what it is. Like you know, I can admit that you know I can just kind of fully admit that it's nice to go on tours, it's nice to do stuff, yeah. and, and even even though like you know you know that the virus is still there, and, and but you can just accept that. Yeah. You know, I got it 
it was nice, but you know, I survived. So I'm kind of my sort of like my head is thinking if I get in another time, I'll I'll just kind of suffer a bit and that's it. Then I'm gonna yeah. be immune for the next six months and I'm yeah. Yeah. And that's 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 kind of an interesting thing too, because I, I don't know how the hell I haven't got or at least I'm not aware that I've had yeah. it. Yeah. Um, because I've you know, at least this year, like I've been going to shows, I, I've been doing some work here and there, like um, and I've talked to people that um, recently friends of mine that have gone to shows and then they're like, well, I got COVID at the show, but the show was awesome. So it's kind of <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it was you know, yeah. And, 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 yeah. and, you know, as well as everybody else, it's affected people differently too. And that's yeah. the yeah. thing. Like that's, that's it. And then so, some people don't really get much symptoms. Some, some get it really bad. And then, you know, we're, we're on a spectrum, like our, our genetics is affecting that as well. So, you know, Lots of things we don't really understand. Yeah. And and aside from just like the, the, the COVID virus itself, it's the, the way that it impacted the music industry just logistically. Yeah. I, I'm mind blown by because nobody really, at least I, I know what's happening in Europe, but I'm not there. So I haven't seen it, but what I see in the U S is crazy because you had a year and a half, about a year and a half where no tours were out at all. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, like we were, we were excited. We're like, when, when COVID is finally, we've, we've gotten over that hump and we can start working again. It's going to be cool because all these bands are going to be out and it'll be awesome. But we didn't really think about the fact that that's going to put a lot of strain on the industry. You've got every single band in North America trying to tour right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing available. There's no buses. There's no trucks. There's no gear rentals. Yeah. It's I um I was supposed to do the US tour with um Electric Callboy last month. Yeah. And I was uh helping production manage the length that it took me to find one tour bus for that tour. Yeah. was insane. Yeah. It should have taken one phone call and it was like 20. Yeah. Like and, and the prices have gone up as well. Oh. Like, you know, it is it is just true like Kind of finan- finan- making a tour that is financially sort of sustainable is have become really hard. So it, it is really like, yeah, first this industry was suffering through COVID and now they kind of try to bounce back. You know, everything is like almost twice as expensive. So it's just like you can, again, it's the kind of same, like you can't put that price up to your tickets because people can't afford to do that either yeah. they, they will not come to your shows or maybe they do only a handful of shows they have to kind of make decisions like yeah they can afford so yeah it, it, it's definitely challenging times and you know it has been challenging times and challenging times seem to be continuing for for i don't know time being yeah and the the thing that kind of sucks though about that situation too is yeah. like we we I've talked about this a lot on my channel. Like I actually did uh, like to show people, I I did a breakdown of a bus estimate on my channel to tell people like this, this is the price of touring for your favorite bands right now. But then you have, you know, it's been all over the news lately with the stuff with live nation and Ticketmaster, And it's like live nation, just, you know, bands are struggling to survive right now at lots of different levels. And then live nation just reports their quarterly earnings and they're, they're up 80% and that's compared to pre pandemic. Yeah. Like they didn't even take into account the numbers during the pandemic. It's like, so it's like all the, all these ticketing companies and promoters and stuff are making a killing right now. Yeah. And these bands are doing full tours and coming back with almost nothing. 
yeah. it's 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 like why why even be in a band right now <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah it would pay pay more probably like drive a bus you know he would probably make yeah. twice as <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. more money <laughs> yeah. we're just gonna laughing like okay it's actually like you know we should just like become bus drivers it pays you more money <laughs> yeah yeah i i literally know people who over the pandemic got their cdls and are driving yeah. tour buses now because yeah. <laughs> and, and and then the, uh, the other thing with that is not only the price of everything in the in the costs and stuff but yeah. um i my i mistakenly thought you know, I was telling my coworkers, I was like, when touring comes back, I, I think it's, it's going to be really bad. It's going to be really competitive because you're going to have all these roadies that are ready to get on tours and work. Yeah. And one of my friends actually said, and he was totally right. He goes, I think it's going to be the opposite. I think yeah. so many techs and audio engineers and lighting directors, yeah. I think they're going to find full-time jobs when they're home during the yeah. pandemic and yeah. they're not going to go back out on tour. And yeah. that's exactly yeah. what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like you if, if you don't get any 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 work, you you kind of like you maybe start that sort of like thinking process. Of, okay, should I do something else? And, and then if you go on and get some training or go back to school, you kind of like you've kind of invested in that idea mm -hmm. already. So so it's kind of hard to come back from there. So you want to kind of look look through that sort of path and, and see what comes comes up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, exactly. That's definitely happened. Some people have stayed but like some people did move on to something yeah. else yeah i mean that's kind of you know for me it's kind of weird because you know this whole youtube thing and the podcast and all that was like i kind of did it out of necessity because i didn't have anything else to do yeah and now it's kind of be become my full-time thing where it's yeah, like yeah. i could cool. go back i could go back out on tour yeah I don't necessarily need to. I miss it. I'll tell you that. But I, yeah. I what I will say though is I wouldn't trade it for you know watching our, our daughter grow up right now. But yeah. Um. But yeah. I mean, and then um, be, because a lot of these people have gotten other jobs, a lot of the tours in the states right now are staffed with. I mean, big tours, like not small tours, like big arena tours, are getting staffed with um people in the early twenties that have never toured before yeah. that just, they needed bodies on the road and they just hired people and they're training them on the yeah. spot. And you know, that's where you're starting to see like, you know, you tour for so long and you kind of know the unspoken rules of the road yeah. and touring yeah. All things work. and you, and you have young kids. Like I know there was a tour in the States. I think it was uh incubus and sublime earlier this year. They had a huge problem because a lot of their newer uh, crew people were young and they'd never toured and they're all posting and I get it. They're excited, but they're all posting pictures of their tour pass on their social medias. And then you're getting people that are finding those and making fake passes and sneaking <laughs> into shows. And it's like, like those are, those are the things that those, those young kids on those big tours. Yeah. Just yeah, don't yeah, know. yeah. Just unintentional, but like, yeah, don't have that kind of experience, unspoken rules and so on. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if you can say this, but do you guys have any plans to come tour the U S at all this coming year? Yes, we have. Yes, we have. And the idea is to come, come, come back to USA, do your European tour, do festivals. So do, do the whole lot. Nice. That's awesome. That's the plan I... and, and probably we'll, we'll have some news coming up at some point. I can't remember when, but like, you, yeah. you know, things are planned. That's awesome because there's there's so many tours coming over here right now and I heard yeah. everybody's skipping Nashville right now though <laughs> and that like so like Elvati just announced a tour and I was so excited and I looked and I was like 
their closest show to me is like five hours away. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> well, so, yeah. but, um, yeah. I, I, I'm going to be, yeah. I'm going to be looking for that announcement. Cause I definitely want to come see you guys whenever you guys are in the U S and then, uh, February 24th is the release of Anno 1696. Um, yeah. I know that like pre or I've already pre-ordered one of the vinyl packages for me. Cause it, you know, I collect vinyl as you can tell. Yeah. Um, Super sick. I'm excited about that. And for anybody that's listening to this podcast, um, if you're watching the video on YouTube, I'll have links where you can pre-order and check out all that stuff. Um, I don't want to keep you too much longer because it's way later there than it is here. But I always like to ask before I let people go, um, as somebody who's actually in the band, what are some of the best ways that you could recommend Insomnium fans can help your band out? What helps the most right now? Well, I mean, like properly coming to shows and, and and supporting and buying some merch or like buying merch from our official store online. I, I think that's that that's it. That's that kind of supports and and and, and, and gives us the give us the bread on the table to say and, and you know that that's what we want to see. Like you know, you you're touring, you want to see people happy and and headbanging and having good time yeah. and, and getting that sort of memorabilia. So so that's it really. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, man. I, I, I truly appreciate the time because I, I know that you're super busy with everything. But uh, uh, one more time for everybody listening, February 24th, Anno 1696, Insomnium's ninth studio album. Um, and really quick, there was an EP releasing with that too, right? The extra three songs? Yeah, yeah that's true. A special cool. version, you get three, three songs more. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. Well, for everybody, keep on the lookout for that. But uh, Villa, thank you very much, man. I, I appreciate the time you spent here. And I, I really can't thank you enough for this. No worries. It was awesome chat. And I'm really, really nice to meet you. And, and you know, all the best with your podcast. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah. Well, ha have a great evening and uh, hopefully I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, cool. See you later, man. What a fantastic guy, man. This was just such a fun, loose conversation, as most everything goes on the channel. Um, I'm not going to lie, though. There was a point, I think, halfway through where I thought to myself, like, this guy really talks a lot more than I expected a Finnish person to be talking on here. But then again, he has lived in the UK for 12 years, so maybe that's rubbed off a little. But these are always fun, man. I mean, I, I really never know where these conversations are going to go. But the most fascinating thing to me was finding out how he has balanced his work at the university with being in the band. And as you can really tell, it sounds like more of his time is invested in the university, but obviously as a founding member of Insomnium, he is still a major writer for the band and is still very much involved with everything they're doing. And I'm really excited for their new album. Just as a reminder to anybody that's listening, February 24th, 2023, the ninth studio album from Insomnium, Anno 1696, is releasing worldwide. Super fascinating backstory, man. It is, once again, based on a short story that their bassist and harsh vocalist, Nilo, has come up with. I'm about halfway through that story right now. I will probably finish it tonight. And... It's just really cool, man. I love his storytelling, and it really makes you think about the fact that this was based on real events of witch hunts and witch burnings, and that is a part of history, not just in Europe, but in the U.S. as well, and it's just really fascinating how they're going to deliver this, and I'm really curious to finally hear this album. 
So for those of you that are watching on YouTube, links to check out the pre-orders for that album will be available. Uh, for anybody listening on Spotify or Apple or anything else, um, all that information is on their social medias and stuff like that, which is very easy to find if you just search for Insomnium. But we're going to wrap up this episode here. But before we do, I just want to say thank you to everybody that's listening. Thank you to everybody that's a part of this community on Twitch, YouTube, Discord, and wherever else. And bringing up Discord, that's actually a good point because if you'd like to join us on this very active community of people from all over the world, you can head over to discord.gg slash tank the tech. If you're not familiar with Discord, it's a platform that's basically just a giant message board, really. Um, there's a lot of people from all over that are always on and we're always talking about a lot of different things. And we've actually formed a lot of friendships from all over the place. They're having meetups and stuff. And it's really cool. We've actually had people that have wound up dating and getting married from our discord community. And that is so wild, man. And it's just such a cool place. So if you would like to feel free to join us over there, but, uh, yeah, until next time, I've got some other guests lined up for future episodes. I'm not going to ruin anything now. But again, you can find me on a lot of other social media if you'd like to talk. And there's always new videos coming up on YouTube all the time. And I stream on Twitch on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the U.S. Or let me see if I can get this conversion right. 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. No, wait, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central European time. Had that a little wrong. But thank you once again for listening. My name's Tank. This has been another episode of the Back Lounge Podcast, and I'll see you guys very soon.